Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Talking about practice. G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys Podcast. Uh, we are here with my boy Callum. How you doing, mate? Doing pretty well, Mitchie. How you going? Doing well, man. Doing well, man. We're, we're surviving with, with uh, our drought on NBA basketball. It's been over a week, mate. Like, how, how are you pulling up? Oh, it's been a struggle. I've just been opening up all my apps and looking for news and there's not much going on. It's uh, <laughs> A lot of my day was just looking through news, specifically, obviously, NBA news. So that aspect of my life is now gone. So a bit saddening. How are you holding up? I'm doing all right. Like I've, I've turned my attention towards uh, AFL footy at the moment, but <laughs> the uh, the grand final for that is on this weekend, and so after that, I'm just going to be in this weird spot where I've got no sport to watch, and uh, yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do with my time. Like, <laughs> what's going to yeah. happen? Normally, because normally there's this beautiful period where you know NBA finishes. There might be a few weeks, but then. The, the AFL will start or, or the other way around the AFL will finish and the NBA will start so I've usually got my sport all year round but this year nothing everything's sort of synced up and there'll be this gaping pit of, <laughs> of nothing for me to do I mean not quite yet you still got a couple of weeks I mean look, yeah. let's not forget NRL either for the NRL supporters uh, yeah yeah grand final coming up for that too <laughs> who knows I might have to might have to talk to my girlfriend see how we go <laughs> <laughs> Get her back. Uh, so we're in the off season, mate. We've got um, there's lots to talk about. We're, we're going to go through a bit of a series of, of pods of the next uh, sort of several weeks, just breaking down each team, team by team. Um, and today we're we're looking at the Northwest Division in the Western Conference, and and looking at each team and breaking them down into um, what we what we think they need to do and things that they need to address in the off season. Um, potential trades they need to make what where they're at right now and and just break it down from that point of view and and we're basically going to fix 
their team as the GMs and that we're qualified to be. So yeah, that's right. Um, going to step into that GM role and like, what, what, what do we think they need to do? Um, should they be looking to, you know, maybe tank? I don't know. Um, yeah. Should they look to make a few moves, get some vets in? Like, yeah, things like that. We'll have, have a chat just to try and make sure whether it's a win now situation or whether it's a win in five years or whatever. We'll, we'll try and break it down and see the most rational um, kind of mindset is for each GM. I know, I know you and I are both very experienced at this sort of thing. We've put in plenty of hours on uh, my league and NBA 2K. <laughs> We've worked the salary. <laughs> We've worked the trade market before. So this ain't our first rodeo. No, not at all. <laughs> yeah. So um, we'll, 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 you know, if any GMs are listening to this podcast, you know, you know where to find us. Uh, <laughs> uh, we're going to start with, uh, we're going alphabetically, and I'm going to start with the Denver Nuggets, who were, they made the um, conference finals, obviously, lost to the... Uh, Lakers after famously upsetting the Nuggets. They had one of our favorite players from the Ball Board podcast, um, Jamal Murray, step up big this playoffs. He was amazing. He was incredible. Um, we're going we're to ask a few questions for each team. First of all, like, wh- what is this team? Um, and it's to me, it's pretty clearly that this team is a championship contender. They are in um, a win-now moment. And I think they have a somewhat decent window to get it done. They're not like one of those teams that's, you know, they have to win in the next year or two. But I think they've got a good few years to put some pieces together, have some internal growth going. Um, but but definitely their their season success will be based on whether or not they a get to the finals and two um, win the championship. What what are your thoughts on these uh, these Nuggets? Yeah, I think I totally agree. Um, it's. Obviously, they're a contender now, so they might as well try and make some moves to keep competing. But their window, they've got a big window. I mean, both their star players are very young. Um, you've got Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray, who are both, I think, both of them under the age of 24. So, and, and, and they also have big contracts. So Jokic is still locked down till 2023, um, and Jamal signed that big extension. So he's, he's still on his five-year deal, so they'll expire in uh, the 25 um, season. So they're totally locked in. Um, and, and really young. And then you've got Michael Porter Jr., who's also there till 21 the 22 season. So still two more years on that rookie scale contract, which is really, you know, for what he did in the, in the bubble, it looks pretty kind of money efficient there. So, which means they've got some potential to try and make some moves. So, yeah, 100%. Like, the, like Jamal Murray's 23, uh, well, he's 23 this year. Um, Jokic is 25, turning 26 next year. Both born in February, by the way. Uh, four days apart. There you go. Just learned that. Um, but so they're, they're a young team. They've got a like a five-year window, I would say, five or six-year window that they can be good for a long time. Um, I like their like system. I like the way they play. They're, they're emphasizing ball movement. And I think that's, you know, Jokic's imprints on the game. Um, they do have some older pieces in, in players like Paul Millsap. Um, he's probably like the biggest guy that comes to mind. And a couple other a couple of other younger guys. Will Barton has been a bit of a question mark. Um, he's he's 29, so getting close to that 30 age where players start to decline. Uh, but otherwise, all their main pieces are pretty young. Um, do you think they need to go out and make a move um, to be the proper contender moving forward? Well, I guess if we look at the players expiring now, so we'll look at so you got Paul Millsap expiring, you got Mason Plumley expiring. Um, and they played pretty big roles in that team. I mean, Paul Millsap was a starter, and Plumlee was the the center off the bench. He did he put in a good fifteen minutes a game, even in the in the playoffs. So, 
And, and then on top of that, you also have Jeremy Grant, who actually came out in the bubble. He was looking really well, and he, he's got a um, player option. So it's up to him if he wants to accept that or not. So if he declines, um, who, who knows what the outcome of that could be. So in terms of those three players, um, I'd say I actually quite like Plumley because I think he's similar to Jokic in terms of a passing big. So if you want to run the similar plays um, for your bench, from a coaching perspective, I think that works. And he's athletic, he's mobile, he can do... I think he's probably the contract he's on now is a bit expensive, so if they can get him at a, a good price, there's no harm in re-signing him. And then I personally would also really want to re-sign Jeremy Grant because he's still pretty young as well. He's athletic, and um, as I said, he, he did really well in the playoffs. Paul Millsap, I think, is the expendable one there. Um, if you're not going to get him on a good kind of like low-level kind of veteran contract, um, I'd just be looking somewhere else. Yeah, 100% agree with you. I think like 30 million off your books from Paul Millsap is huge. And I think that's actually going to free up a lot of space for these guys. Uh, Mason Palmer, again, 14 million for him. That's like 44 million off your books of players who are not really contributing compared to some of these other guys. Jeremy Grant is an interesting one. I think that he will opt out. I feel like in especially this offseason when there's not that many good free agents, um, he is someone that showed a bit of promise in the playoffs. He's like three-point shooting is looking a lot better. I think he shot close to 40% in the in the playoffs. Um, and we know that he's he's got that athleticism and shot-blocking ability. So, But he, he, he would be a good fit next to Jokic. They need they need that rim protection that Jokic doesn't provide um, to like be next to him, but still someone who can space the floor. So if Jeremy Grant can fill that role and continue to show improvement in that three-point shot, I think it's like a really good pairing to have those two together. Um, and I think during the regular season, Paul Millsap was starting. So they could they could grow more with having Grant at the, as their starting four. Um, but I don't see like a... Oh, the, the only question mark for me is Gary Harris, really. And if Gary Harris can be... You know, two years ago, he was shooting ultra-efficient, like 50%, nearly shooting 20 points per game. But injuries have sort of led him back. I'm not sure the kind of player he's going to be moving forward. And he's on that, you know, close to $20 million a year. I don't know. Like, I feel like he needs to step up. And, and I've, I've said all along, Michael Porter Jr. is going to be the, taking that next leap. And I think if those two things happen, they, on their day, could compete with any team in the West, really. Um, I think they might have a hard time matchup-wise versus the Lakers because I think Anthony Davis tears that team apart. They don't really have someone to throw at him. Um, but outside of that, I can see them taking down any other team. Yeah, I think it's I think it's critical to get Jeremy Grant back. The more I think about it, because they don't really have any um, reliable wing defender. Because I feel like Gary Harris is a little bit limited with his size. And yeah. then usually what they were doing for a lot of playoff games, they'll bring in Tory Craig, um, who I also will mention is expiring. So they'll have to try and re-sign him or go somewhere else. And he was kind of mark. He was guarding a lot of guards, um, and then he'd also guard the. Um, the small forward on the on the other occasion, just because they don't really have that kind of stopper. Um, yep. So, I think they really have to get Jeremy Grant back. Otherwise, that's a huge hole because he he is someone that actually did a okay job on on Kawhi Leonard and did okay on LeBron. I mean, as good as you kind of can do. I mean, th- those players are exceptional. But um, yeah, they they could also probably use some assistance in um, in the small forward position just to try and get some defense. Um, I think offensively, they're probably. Oh, they're doing pretty well offensively. They had some good season stats. Um, it's more the defense. So maybe they could bring a, a small forward or some kind of forward that come in as another defensive presence. Um, the, you've, you've got a list of free agents up there at the moment. Is there anyone that catches your eye in terms of like a good defender that they can go out for and, and try and sign? I know this year's free agent pool isn't the most stellar, 
but yeah, as a someone, right? It's really not great. You've got um, I look Solomon Hill. I mean, off the bench, I guess Maurice Harkless. You go out and get a Jay Crowder potentially, but I think he's going to resign. Um, you think he'll yeah. resign at the Heat? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think you're a bit limited there, unfortunately. I think, so, like, and that's why Grant really is. It's critical to try and get him back. Yeah, I, I agree. I think I think he's going to be an underrating, underrated signing. I'm just really interested to see what kind of salary he commands and whether or not, like, first of all, if he opts out, and then if he does, what other teams are, are willing to pay for him? Because I think he's the kind of player that actually is really valuable in today's NBA. Like that long, sort of wing slash post defender that can switch out, cover bigs, cover wing players. Um, so I, I do think he is quite valuable. Um, just whether or not the rest of the league, I know leagues up the a lot of teams may be saving some salary cap for next year when there's a really big free agency class. So perhaps there maybe isn't that much money flying around this year, um, but who knows? Um, be interesting to see what he does there. Um, they don't really seem to have any standout awful contracts on this team. I, I would say that if Gary Harris still plays as like bad as he has the last couple of years, that $19 million next year and $20 million the year after does start to look pretty awful. Um, in saying that, though, there is a world that I see like him actually living up to that contract, but I think at this point it's probably looking less and less likely. Um, but no yeah, other really bad contracts outside of that. You do have, I'll point out maybe the Will Barton contract looks a bit bad as well. He's got the player option in the 21 22 season, and that's he's looking at 14 million over the next couple of seasons. So, um, yeah. individually, so 14 mil, 14 mil. So, it takes a bit of cap space out of your available for that 21, that big 21 off season. Yeah. And of course, um, their biggest asset, their centerpiece, we've talked about it before, Jamal Murray and, and Nikola Jokic. Uh, I do think that these two pieces can be like championship contending pieces um i just think that the surrounding cast is uh needs to be fleshed out it is probably tough to win with like a point guard center like build in in today's nba so in saying that like just getting a lot of um interchangeable wings good defenders decent shooters um you can fill out that sort of position with um semi-serviceable players um, you know, like you were saying, like Solomon Hills, Jay Crowders, those guys, like they don't have to come in and drop 20 a game. They can just come in, hit open shots, defend the wing. And and that's, I think for this team, that's sort of like all they're after. And I think if they can get some continued improvement from some of those young guys, I think that potentially could be enough to maybe make some noise in the West. Oh, I'll, I'll flip a question at you. You did mention yeah. um, Jokic there. Um and I guess building a team around him. Would you say that he's up there as, if not the best, um, best passing center we've seen? He's only twenty five years old, but I feel like he's in that discussion. Are you talking like all time? Just all time. Yeah. Look, geez. I, I guess. Yeah, he's probably definitely up there. Um, off the top of my head, I'm thinking of probably less less flashy passes, but someone like a Tim Duncan or a Kevin Garnett were were pretty good in their day. Um, but yeah, I'd say Jokic is probably a more complete passer than those guys. He's definitely more creative. Um, probably had some more highlight assists than than some of those guys. Those guys are a bit more fundamental ball movers. Um, so there's no one that that clearly stands out to me that's ahead of him. What what do you think? Um, I feel like um, look maybe Bill Walton has a has a debate, but he kind of oh. derailed with injuries. But maybe you could <laughs> we, throw Bill. We, Walt, but why not? He, he won a championship with the, the yeah. Blazers. Are you calling um, Larry Bird a big? Like, is Larry Bird a big man in, no, in today's NBA? No, let's, let's make it a center. Like, let's yeah, just yeah, okay. He wasn't a center. So, 
Yeah. Uh, look, can you win with uh, a passing big man? I mean, Bill Walton did it back in, was it the 70s? <laughs> it's a while ago. So maybe, <laughs> bit a bit maybe of a different not, league. Yeah, maybe it's not super practical, but look, he's, I think he's a top 10 player. With Jamal Murray, uh, defensively, it's a bit of an issue, but uh, if you get the right supporting cast around them, I, I don't see why they couldn't to, win. To be fair, to be fair, this, the advanced stats actually suggest that uh, Nikola Jokic is not a horrible defender. Now, he's not a good defender by any means, but he's just a very like average defender. Um, but it's just when you start to compare him to players like Anthony Davis and Joel Embiid, who are like ins- exceptional defenders at that position, the gap just seems enormous. Um, so it, you just need to fill that um, defensive role in other positions um, to sort of allow yourself to be sort of acceptable on that end of the court. He had some really nice clutch stats as well in, the, in this postseason, so that's worth mentioning. And, and same with Jamal Murray. Um, if you look at the best like clutch field goals um, for players over the past 20 years. Um, you had Jimmy Butler with um, the second best, so shout out to him. And you also had Jamal Murray um, as the fourth best um, clutch field goal um, over the last 20 years in, in the postseason. So that, that's how incredible he was. Um, and it's good to see that they can perform when the stage is so big. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm going to throw one more question up at you before we move on to the, the next team. Uh, in the next five years, do you see this team winning a championship? Um, I, uh, it's, a, it's a tough question. I think they'll definitely be contenders for five years. Could they yeah. win one? They need to have the right cast around them. So they need the general manager to really make some moves, and they really need Michael Porter Jr. to kind of explode into an actual star. So if yeah. Michael Porter Jr. starts to step up defensively and matures into a star, I think, yeah, yeah, they can. Wow, okay. I'm going to go no on that one. I don't, I don't think... Look, I, it, could I see a scenario where it does happen? Yes, I definitely could. Michael Porter Jr. could turn into a, an all-star level player. Jamal Murray could be the second coming of Steph Curry. And, and I could definitely see it happening. But I'm going to hedge my bets and say that those things don't happen. Um, I agree with you that they're going to be like perennial contenders. They're going to make... They may even make a, an NBA Finals. But I just... I don't see a, t- a way that this team's beating a team like the the Lakers in the in the coming years, or even a team like um, like some of the Eastern teams that are a bit younger, the Celtics, uh, the Miami Heat. I think even if they meet those kind of teams in the finals, they would still be underdogs. Um, but it could happen. I'm just going to hedge my bets and say probably not in the next five years. All right, we'll, we'll move on. Um, and next team we're going to cover in alphabetical order is the Minnesota Timberwolves. There's probably a lot of things to talk about here. We haven't had to ch- chat about the, the Timberwolves for a little while because obviously they didn't make the playoffs. They're one of the worst teams in the NBA. Um, they have the number one pick in this this year's draft. So, well, first of all, obviously they are rebuilding. Would you agree? Well, it's not a full rebuild because you still have Carl Anthony Towns. So unless, unless you trade him away, you're rebuilding. But I feel like they're... I feel like right now their goal is just make the playoffs. So they're not a contender, but right now they're kind of pushing for that 7th, 8th seed, which I will note they've been trying to the past few years and haven't really done it successfully. But yeah. that's, I feel like that's not where they are. They're not in total tank mode. They're kind of trying to push for a playoff seed. I would argue that they should be rebuilding. They may not be trying to rebuild, but they. I, I think that they should be. They should be trying to trade bad contracts um, and... Uh, other assets for young players and draft picks with the exception I mean Carlton Towns is locked it locked away for through till 2024 so 
You've got that man under contract. You've got D'Angelo Russell under contract till 2023. They're your two big players. You're going to add another first-round draft pick. He's going to be a books for four years. Take this time to gather some more assets, build a team. They're horrible defensively. They've got no defense on their team. So <laughs> try and accumulate some young potential athletic players that can grow into that defensive role um, and then see if you can go from there. If you keep trying to make the playoffs too soon, you're going to end up in our third category, which we haven't mentioned yet, which is no man's land. You're going to end up at that, like the, like the um, Sacramento's man. That's, that's where they've been at for the last 10 years. So I don't think you want to be there. So for these guys, I reckon another year or two um, developing, playing young guys and trying to get assets moving forward. Well, look, I'd argue that they've really got the two core pieces in Delangelo and Cat, and they're locked down. You've got three seasons for Delangelo, four seasons for Towns left on the contract. And right now, they've got the first overall pick. So if they hit on this pick, that could be the last piece they need, really, to try and take them over the edge, because they're still all young players. So, and I, and I feel like it's not great to kind of encourage a, a losing culture. Like, historically, that's bad. It, it kind of promotes losing in the future as well. So they should try and get the best talent they can to become an all-star caliber player with those two and then build off those, you know, core of three and then hopefully in two or three years when the draft pick that they make this year has had a bit of time to mature and grow, um, at that point they can really start to contend. Yeah, I'm not saying you should throw games, but I'm just saying, you know, someone like a James Johnson or... You know, some of these other guys, they shouldn't be getting minutes. Like, it should be these older guys. Like, Cat, D. Russell, the number one draft pick, sure. Give them as many minutes as they can handle. Um, you know, even someone like a Malik Beasley or, you know, uh, a Kogi or someone like that needs to be playing lots of minutes. Naz Reed should be getting lots of minutes. Uh, Jarrett Culver should be getting lots of minutes. Um, and, and getting in, um, do they still have their coach, actually? Who's their coach? I, th- I think they, um, maybe they're on the search. I'm not sure if it's been expired, but they didn't fire him. I think yeah. it's just a question mark if he's still on the contract or not. But um, th- there well, is actually a bit of media, media saying they might, they might actually be selling this team. So just oh. like, I don't know, what, what's that going to affect? But if the owner decides to sell, you, you would think the new owner would want some kind of input into the number one draft pick that's happening, wouldn't you? But anyway. Yeah, true. I wonder how that all shakes out. But um, yeah, I look, like, I look at their, their, their squad here. that They are all young. I don't think that they're... I, personally, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs next year. Um, so yeah, I, I think just a couple more years, get some... Like, Carlton Towns is still 24. Like, he's, he's young as. And I know, I know we compare him to like, you know, someone of a similar age who's, you know, similar height, like a Giannis, and he's 25. And look at him, look at it, look what he's done. But I still think that they've got time. They've got like the players that they want are under contract. Let's just let's just chill. Right, well, um, how much are you, are you going to pay um, Herman Gomez, and are you going to pay Malik Beasley? They're expiring. If, if you want anything more, then well, I, I, I like Beasley actually. I, I do like Beasley. I like Herman Beasley Gomez. Too. Herman Gomez. If he wants more than like a minimum, see ya. Just get out. Cool. He's we don't need young you. though. I don't know. Like I feel like he's a serviceable. But he's like, not the future. He's not, he's not the future. You save your capital for next year, <laughs> next year's free agent class. Yeah, but you need new you... players to play. You can't just put Delancho and Towns out there. So you, you just want them all to a youth movement. Yeah, I'm going full like my league. Just clear the house. <laughs> just, <like laughs> clear all the old debts. Well, you need you need yeah. a couple old voices in the room to, you know, maybe it wouldn't mind having James Johnson. He's been at Miami for a while. Miami have good kind of like look, you know, yeah, protocol. It's good to have a couple of guys and, like that in, in the in the locker room. 
Well, look, he's going to resign. He's got a $60 million player option. He's obviously going to come back yeah, on that. No, he's, sure. he's not going to say no to that. But So he'll be there. And I don't mind him being a voice in the locker room. But just don't put him on the fucking court. Like, he was his minutes. Give, give him like you know, 15 yeah. minutes or something. He was playing crazy minutes at the end of last year. Like I had him on my fantasy team. That was how like ridiculously like he was he was playing at twenty five minutes a game. There's no need for that. Like why are you doing he that? He's putting up pretty good numbers there. Oh, he was. He was doing great, but it just doesn't do anything for the Timberwolves. So that's that's where I think they should. That's where they should go. Um, who do you think they should take at the number one pick? That's a good question. Um, I don't know. I've, I've I've been tossing up between a few people. I'm I'm kind of like. I don't really like Leangelo Ball. I think you uh, don't. Lamelo. I always confuse these guys. The Ball boy. <laughs> Lamelo. <laughs> yeah, Lamelo Ball. Um, yeah. Leangelo. He should probably shouldn't be drafted either. <laughs> is yeah, he well, still around? Um, I think he's over in Europe. He's over in Europe, is he? Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, it, it's a weird draft. It's. I feel like the. Honestly, I think whoever's gonna. Um, I feel like it's just gonna kind of be, to some respect, a bit of a bust, regardless of who you take. I think they're all just a bit. I mean the hype of it, and it's just—I think it's just going to be a bad draft. So yeah. I, I feel like the height of, of anyone in this draft is kind of like all-star, but not like an actual superstar, which is what you want for your number one pick. Yeah, yeah. Look, I, I kind of agree with you. If I if they have the number one pick, they're not going to trade it. They just had it. I would take Lamelo Ball. I think he's the I think he's the best player in the draft. Um, I think he has the highest upside. He may not reach it. Um, like if he was in another draft, he like let's say last year's, he probably wouldn't have been top five. Um, but in this year's draft, I think he's got the highest upside. You swing for it. He's six foot seven, so he he and D'Angelo Russell can play together. Um, I don't love it though. So what I would like to see them do, if they can, is try and trade down, maybe get another another draft pick in the process for next year or or, or the year after, uh, or or a young player in return, and then move back in the draft. There's a few. Um, defensive wings and um, power forwards in the draft that uh, look to be serviceable, um, good good team players that you know potentially may make one All Star game in in their career. Um, so I think I think that's the play for them. Um, I, I don't know who's the team that wants to move up in the draft. Like the the top of the draft seems to be pretty guard heavy. So maybe someone like the Knicks or even Chicago might might want to get up there. Um, that's what I that's what I see would would be a good thing. Like, would you trade the number one pick for um, the Knicks pick and one of their young players like a Mitch Robinson or someone like that? Yeah, I'd do something like that. Um, I, I think the more you talk me into, it, I think it probably does make sense. Most of the mock drafts have Anthony Edwards, which I guess would be a bit a good fit for them but I just I feel like he's not the, the star that everyone's expecting so I think it is smart to trade down spin the dice on someone else and then try and get another asset like you were saying make a bit of a trade try and get some trade yeah. with another young player as well have more assets um, than before yeah 100% I, I think that's the way they go whether or not they, they do it and whether or not other teams are willing to do that because everyone knows that this year the draft isn't great but, but I could see a team like the Knicks doing that you know swing over the fences getting the fans excited who knows <laughs> That is something the Knicks would do, isn't it? And then they yeah. probably draft a power forward. I reckon. Uh, I reckon Frank the Frankie Nickett. What's his name? Oh, Nilakina. Yeah, he would look. He would look good on the, this Minnesota team. Actually, good defensive true. guard. Yeah, I've, I've still got a little bit of stock in Frank. Frank the Tank. Yeah, he came into like really young, and I feel like people do kind of knock him for that. I mean, and plus he's playing like Ob Toppin. I think he, isn't he Ob about twenty one or twenty two? Who's drafted? He, he's, he's like scheduled for the top five. Yeah, I think he's he's old. I think he's he could even be older than that. Um, Obi Toppin. 
and then you got someone uh, like Frank Nilkina who he's um how old is he? He's pretty damn young. Yeah, he's so, he's been in the league a few years. And, and when, you, when you, he's pretty much yeah. the same age, Frank's twenty two yeah. years old. Yeah, and plus like he's playing on the Knicks. You know, you're probably not going to develop into the player that you're like capable of being on the Knicks. Let's be fair, um, especially when like they seem to just change their decisions all the time. And anyway, so. There you go. Frankie, Frankie Neil Aquina over to the Minnesota Twimbles. Is, is that the trade? I like it. Let's make <laughs> yeah, it happen. Move down. Maybe maybe you throw in a second rounder as well. We'll, we'll have to ask yeah. Michael, the, the New York Knicks fan, next time he's on. Yeah, I'm sure actually, he'd probably be pretty wrapped with that, I'd say. Um, all right, let's let's um, let's move on. Oh, actually, one question before we go along. Do you think that Carl Anthony Towns and D'Angelo Russell are capable of being the cornerstone championship team, like pieces for a championship, championship team? Like, um, I feel like this is an easy one, and the answer is no, they cannot. Um, <laughs> there are, I am not sold on Carl Anthony Towns, and I'm not sold on Delangelo Russell. I do think offensively they'll be a pretty cool one-two punch. They might be worthwhile watching, but I feel like yeah. their ceiling would be uh, with not a good piece around them. Maybe I, th- I think it's going to be a low seed. It might be like a six-seven seed, something like that. I think their ceiling, yeah. and it's maybe look, maybe oh look, maybe I'll say a second-round team. Their ceiling is a second-round team. Okay, interesting. I, I I guess, and I revealed this on our top 15 players, I think I'm higher than most people on Carthy Towns. Look, I get he's not a good defender, but like as a big guy, this dude is ultra-skilled. Like He can shoot really, really well for a big man. He's an excellent ball handler. He's actually, talk about good passes, he's not Jokic, but he's a decent passer. Um, and I think D'Angelo Russell, like... He's he's had like a bit of a rough, yeah. He's also had a bit of a rough career so far in terms of like reputation. I feel like he's gotten a, a worse rap compared to like actually how good he is. Like he's he's a decent player. He can shoot the ball. He can handle it pretty well. Um, obviously, like the biggest glaring weakness between those two players is defense. But in saying that, when we were talking about the last team, the Nuggets, the biggest glaring weakness we found in those teams was defense. So. Look, I think they're like just a worse version of the Nuggets with less pieces around them. <laughs> I think um, that's a good way to put it, actually. Yeah. That it's a <laughs> worse version of the Nuggets. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, and obviously, I didn't think the Nuggets were going to win anything. Uh, I'm probably in agreement with you, but maybe maybe they can make a conference finals. Let's say that. A conference really? finals. Oh, actually, now that I say that out loud, it sounds silly. <laughs> they, they, they made the 8C when they had Jimmy Buckets carrying them th- in closed out games. And they haven't oh, been in the playoffs since. Oh, mate. Yeah, well, what if, they, what if they draft someone who turns into a Jimmy Buckets? Who knows? Yeah, maybe, uh, maybe Anthony Edwards turns into something special. Who knows? I, I don't know. Yeah, maybe, maybe conference finals are a bit rich. I, I probably agree with you there with that second round. Second maybe, round. They're, maybe they're... Lingering in the playoffs for a couple but of they years. They have and... to hit on this draft pick. If they hit on this, I feel like it could change. If they actually do yeah. end up getting like a superstar talent, which I think is yeah. unlikely, and, but it could happen. And we're all just really spitballing with these young, you know, talents in the draft. We'll, we don't really know what's going to happen until, you know, Giannis was picked. What was he pick fifteen in in the draft? You know, things things like that can happen. Uh, all right, let's move on to this next team. Um, this this team has a super bright future, and they can go. A million different ways this offseason, and it's the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, I'm going to start with, what do you think this team is? Are they a contender? Are they rebuilding? Or are they in no man's land? Um, I think that, um, I think you pronounced it wrong, Mitch. It's actually Oklahoma Pick City. Um, oh. with, with all the picks that they've attained, I think, obviously, you just kind of like keep trying to get the best house that you can. 
um, grow yeah. on some young talent and in a few years that they'd be something. Um, yeah, like what's your thoughts? Look, yeah, I think I think they should be a rebuilding team, but they don't have to be like a straight up terrible rebounding uh, rebuilding team. They could be like they could do like a like a Celtics rebuild, um, sort of like on the fly. You know, when the Celtics were like they had a year or two where they were out of the playoffs, but then. They were making the playoffs with Isaiah Thomas, but then still getting draft picks and drafting Jason Tatum, drafting Jalen Brown. So I, I feel like OKC is in like that kind of mold. So I guess you would call it rebuilding, but it'll be a really, really quick rebuild and a long rebuild. They're going to be good for a long time. I see this team having, once they start getting going, like a 10-year window where they're going to be good. Um, I really like, obviously, they've got draft picks. That's a big window. Jeez. Yeah. Do you know how many draft picks they've got? Yeah, that's fair. Uh, okay, I've already met right now. Here we go. You, you got the 2020 um, Denver pick, first round. Yeah. You have the 2021 first round for Miami or Houston. They got swap rights. Yep. Um, you got the 2022 first round for the Clippers, 23 first round for the Clippers, 23 first round for Miami, 24 for, for Houston, 24 for the Clippers, um, 25 for Houston or Clippers. So swap rights again, 26 for Houston, 20. Six for LA Clippers. All of it, all of those are first round picks. That's ridiculous. hundred percent. And uh, am I right in saying that they're all unprotected or at least they're um, swaps? Um, most of them. You got a few swap rights. Yeah. Um, and but, I'm but none sure. of them are I like. That, I think there's a few that are one like protected one to four. They, they vary. Okay. Okay. So but but little protection on those picks. Like what what I'm trying to say is that like Houston and the Clippers. There is a scenario that after this season. Those teams could be awful. You know, like Kawhi and Paul George have one-year deals. They can opt out at the end of next season. Houston, who knows what the fuck they're doing. Um, we're going to cover them in a different <laughs> pod, but that'll be interesting. They could be awful, you know, and those picks are in the future. Like, they're not, you know, all next year. So those could be, you know, I, I, the reason I compare them to the Celtics is like the trade that the Celtics made for Brooklyn and all of those picks back when they got rid of Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce. That that seems like really similar to this this team and these picks that they have accumulated to me. Um, yeah, it's really a swing for the fence. I think they got Jason Tatum out of that deal. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, they did. That. One of those one of those picks turns to Jason Tatum. Another pick yeah, turned yeah. into Jalen Jalen Brown. Um, with their own pick when they were bad, they got Marcus Smart. And yeah. the, th- think about those three pieces. Like those three pieces, you know, Celtics have been in the playoffs for what the last three or four years. And think about how young those pieces are. They're going to be in the playoffs for the next six years. There's your 10-year window. Like, and that's what I see going on with like this OKC team. You know, They made the playoffs this year, so they could choose to keep Chris Paul and all these other players around, try and get into the playoffs again. I really like Shea Gilgis-Alexander. I think he's a, a great young talent, um, a perfect sort of guard in today's NBA. Uh, and we've got our boy Dort on the, t- on the side as well. Another young player. <laughs> You're about the top defensive player in the league, Lou Dort. I am, <laughs> Lou Dort. <laughs> um, we can't so lose he, over that name. Yeah, exactly. Um, they've got a few guys coming off the books. You know, Gallinari's coming off the books. Uh, they're finally going to get rid of Andre Robinson, who's, I don't know how he's managed to stay in the league this long. Um, you know, they've just got like, they're going to have so much flexibility, especially coming into next year. They could make a huge signing. They'll have like coming into the 22 season, they're going to have no cap 
like nothing on their books. Steven Adams will come off their books. Schroeder will come off their books. They're going to have so much room to go out and grab a, a free agent. And like instantly they could be back into title contendership with all these assets coming along. I really like the future that these this OKC team has. Um, so I reckon this year you, you do a, a Golden State Warriors move, you tank for the year, try and get a high draft pick, and then next year you're straight back into it. That, that's well, what if, I think they should do. Tank, maybe let's talk about trades. If you're going to tank, yeah. are they, should you trade Chris Paul? I think, and I've never been more certain about any other trade happening. Like, I think Chris Paul is 100% getting traded this season. 100%. Okay. I'm, I'm more confident with Chris Paul getting traded than any other player in the league. I feel like there's just been so many noise. He's been linked to the Bucks. He's been linked to the Lakers. Um, he doesn't really want to be here. He's done his job in terms of like mentoring these young guys. Um, and I think if the Oklahoma City are going to trade him, it has to be this year. He's 35 years old. Last year, he still had a great season. So you've got to capitalize on that value now. You can't let like another injury come along. You can't let him show his age anymore. Um, so I think, yeah, definitely if, if you want to trade him, it has to be basically before the season starts. Um, so I think that he'll yeah, get I, traded. I totally agree. Yeah, um, I totally agree. I think uh, as, you, um, as you touched on, Chris Paul, like he had one job to do and he came in, he did his job. His job was to regain some trade value and that's what he's 100%, done. hundred percent. Before yeah. coming into the season, he was almost untradeable. Yeah. So, and I feel like now they can get back an asset for him so they, they should just do it, flip the switch. I mean, I mean, look at look at these salaries. Thirty eight million. Sorry, he had thirty eight million this year. He's got a forty one million dollar contract next year, and then a player option for forty four million, which he's no doubt going to take. Um, so, so <laughs> you've got so. to trade him. Yeah, you've got to trade into a team that's win now mode. Um, which you know, there there are teams out there that I think will want Chris Paul on their team. Some different teams, like I think Milwaukee would be perfect for Chris Paul to go to. Um, like they're desperate to, you know, like. If they don't win, Giannis is walking, you know. So there's a lot of pressure there. So getting a, a veteran like Chris Paul would be enormous for them. Um, yeah, I, I love him on the Bucks as well. I think that's a huge fit. That they lack that late game closer. Yeah. Who, I mean, Chris Paul is getting a bit old now, but he's still such a smart vet. He can make things happen. And with Giannis, and, I think that'd be so deadly. And I think he would just organize that offense a lot better. It's something that's like gotten a bit stale in Milwaukee. So I, I do like that fit. What do you think that uh, like they're getting back for Chris Paul? Like, are they getting a first round pick back, or like how much value do you think he has? Like, it's a big contract. It is a big contract. You probably you got to try and get some young assets for it. So I'd, I assume there'd be a draft pick thrown in. Um, and yeah. then the hard thing is just to make the salary work. Yeah, you so, got to make the salary match. Yeah, exactly. So that that's where the that's where it would be pretty hard. I don't know what kind of contracts the Bucks could throw um, at the Thunder and then maybe another target, say uh, Miami Heat. I think he could potentially be a good fit. I don't, I don't know what contracts you'd throw in there as well. It'd be hard to do the math to make it work, but you definitely are going to need some draft picks involved. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't have the NBA trade machine in my like at my disposal right now, but I'm, I'm sure that there's some way that, that those teams can get that done. Um, there's probably some bad contracts on there that they could maybe attach assets to as well. And I'm sure the OKC, if I'm the OKC, I'd be willing to take on bad contracts that aren't ridiculously too long and accept some more picks and more assets in 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 doing that. Um, do you think that they sign Gallinari, or do you do you think that he goes somewhere else? He's probably one of the bigger free agents this this off season. Um, I think I think the strategy would be to try and maybe sign trade 
would be the best option for for both scenarios is try and yeah make Gallo happy where's you want to move to Gallo we'll give you a bit of money and we'll trade you over kind of thing I think that makes them that, that, that's just a win-win situation so that, that should be the ideally that's what they go for but it's up to Gallo maybe Gallo wants to dip his toe in the free agency market see um yeah see what kind of money you can get yeah look I don't I don't really see him coming back to this team I know they they made the playoffs this year they took the Rockets to seven games nearly went to the second round but I just feel like that's that's it for this team. Like the they're not going to do much better than that. They've sort of reached their their potential, um, and I think some of these vet, veteran guys are going to going to make their way to other teams. Yeah, and um, I feel like on top of that, expiring contracts going into this next season. Stephen Adams is expiring. He's on a big contract, but now it's expiring. It's tradable, and then also Dennis Schroeder um, is on fifteen mil. Um, which is, um, I think that's very tradable as well, to be honest. He, there's a lot of teams out there um, in the playoffs that need a, um, a good point guard, maybe a point guard off your bench as well. So um, him, he was a top three for six men of the year. So he's got a bit of respect yeah. in the league now. I think he's good. He did really well in the playoffs too. So that's worth mentioning. Yeah, 100%. If, if I'm then, I'm cleaning shop. I'm getting rid of Steven Adams, Dennis Schroeder, if, if I can. I don't know what sort of value you'd get, but I'd be cleaning house for them and, and doing a really quick rebuild, get get cap salary, cap space. And who knows, maybe you sign Giannis next season and you're straight into title contention. <laughs> who knows? Uh, let's let's move on. We've got Actually, another can, I, can I do a quick trade? Would, would you do this as a Celtics fan? Yeah, go. Let's say um, Gordon Haywood yep. for Steven Adams. Maybe a few more things in there as well. Maybe maybe they throw in Schroeder, Stephen Adams, and Schroeder for Gordon Hayward, something like that. Uh, nah, as a Celtics fan, I, I don't do that trade. I, I don't really rate Stephen Adams as like a modern day big. I think Daniel Tice does like a better job than what Stephen Adams does on our team. And Schroeder, like it's it's then like sort of like a Schroeder for Hayward thing. And I just I, I'd just rather the bigger body. I think Hayward's had some rough luck. Like he's had some injuries and during the season he's put up 17 points a game like and fairly efficiently too so I just I just roll with with Gordon Hayward in that scenario and write out his contract one more year nice try but (laughs) (laughs) Uh, right, let's let's move on to the Portland Trailblazers now interesting team what do you think these guys are are they a championship contender rebuilding or are they in no man's land Um, well when you got Dame Lillard I feel like you're contending. I mean, let's not forget they made the Western Conference Finals last year. So yeah. I feel like they are contending. They had the same core. Um, they were kind of derailed a bit by injuries this year um, and also by terrible GM work in terms of free agents because that Mario Hazonia was terrible. Um, yeah. I feel like all of the off-signing was pretty bad. They had to get Carmelo Anthony to come in, uh, which was kind of due to injury a bit as well, but Carmelo had to come in and actually start for them, uh, which is, yeah. I mean, that's never a great situation at all. Um, they traded for Trevor Ariza, who's got 12.8 mil for next season, which I think is too much. He's kind of fallen off a cliff. Um, he's a bit washed up. Pretty much this season, he's gone. Um, and the big question is, will CJ and will Dame Lillard be good enough, have a good enough backcourt to actually compete for a championship or win a championship? Yeah. They can compete, but I don't think they can win it. Like, can, do you think they can win it? No, I I really don't. I like I'm I'm putting this team in the no man's land category. Like it's that weird spot where like I don't think they're a legitimate title contender. They're good enough to make the playoffs each year, but I just I don't know what you can do with a team that's like led by two guys who are under six foot three. Like it's just it's not the remedy for a success in the NBA. Um, in my opinion, 
and I don't know what you actually get for this, but I think you've got to try and trade CJ McCollum. I, I just don't think that you can have those two be your best two players. I think you, you want a, another bigger body, um, someone who can defend the wing and score um, to be your second best player or third best player. Maybe Nurkic can step up and be that number two guy. But yeah, I don't know. I just I don't know what you get for CJ McCollum. Like, look at his contract. He signed through to 2024, earning 30 plus million every year. That's a steep contract. He's I mean, he's 29. Like, he's not going to get any better than this. Like, this is who he is. And by that 2024, he'll be what like 33, starting to decline there. So, it's not a horrible contract, but it's definitely not one that you'd really want on your books. Um, well, I like would say t- that. I think it's got value. It's just it's just hard to make the math work with another team. I, yeah. I, I love CJ. I think CJ is a great player. Um, look, this past season, what's he put up? Um, 22 points a game. Um, four and four. 22, four and four. That's pretty good numbers. Um, and, and he shoots that three ball efficiently. He can make good passes. He can be a good kind of... If you want to stagger your bench unit, he can play a bit of the point guard as well and just be a, more of a scoring threat. So I think he would be a lot of value... On, on teams it's just yeah it's just really making the math work and I do think they yeah. get rid of him like like you were saying I think really this team's really missing a wing they have to get a wing player if you can try yeah. and trade him for a good two way wing that's probably the way to go um, I would like I mean what would I like to see CJ could could the Mavs trade for him him and him and Luca I don't know that could be a good the, fit the, the Mavs are not going to trade anyone they're, they're trying to keep cap space for next year um yeah, I don't, I don't see them trading. I've heard people throw Jalen Brown's name in there for the Celtics, and you throw. Some, I, I hate that. I feel like I you not do not want that. After the playoffs, surely you would 100%. Make that. Yeah, I don't know. I've just been hearing rumors, but I definitely wouldn't do that. But, like, the, yeah, I just, yeah, I don't, I don't see a real spot for CJ to go that another team would give up a good enough asset to get rid of him. It's just that awkward spot. Like, he's a good player, but he's not good enough for the salary, and he's not good enough that you're going to be a title contender. Um, but yet he's he's too good to just accept bits and pieces back in a trade. So it's just really awkward. Um, so that's why I think these guys are a bit of a no-man's land team. They're just going to be like that. Like, what were they, the eighth seed this year? I know they had a few injuries throughout the season, but um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe at best they're like a sixth or seventh seed in the East, and sorry, in the West. Maybe they can win a first-round game, a first-round matchup, but... I don't see them contending with like your, your Lakers or Clippers or even Nuggets in the West um, yeah, or the I Mavericks. Like they, the ceiling. They, they made yeah. the Western Conference Finals last year, and that's probably as good as this team was going to be. So maybe, yeah, they need to make some moves. I'll also say, um, Damian Lillard, in 2024-25, he's going to be earning $54 million a year, and he's going to be 35 years old. It's getting paid. <laughs> good on you, Dave. <laughs> good, good on you. I mean, that'll be the end of his season. It's not Chris Paul level bad, but that's a, that's a hefty chunk of your salary cap. Well, you can shoot there, man. Like, nah, he, logo he is worth it. Logo Lillard. He is worth it. Yeah. yeah. I, I do want to touch on um, Yusuf Nurkic, actually. I, I think he is probably, um, if I look at this roster, he's probably like almost their most valuable asset at $12 million a year for the next couple of years. He's 26. Like, I feel like... I would have thought he was older than that. Like, he's still only 26. He's got, like, time to get better. He looked amazing in the bubble. Um, and, like, him over Whiteside is a huge improvement in my eyes. I think he's a better defender. I know Whiteside blocks a lot of shots, but um, Nurkic is a better defender, better playmaker, um, just way more skilled. 
So I think Nurkic has got some room to grow. And if he turns into like this, you know, number two option on this team, that's when I start to see that, okay, maybe they can make some noise. But so I think a lot rides on him. What do you, what do you think of uh, Yusuf Nurkic? Yeah, I think I do agree. They've still got two more years out of him, 12 million each year. Um, that's pretty good. He's got really great chemistry with CJ and Dame. Um, especially Dame. You, you look at the plus minus with him and Dame in the court, it's like actually one of the best kind of duos in the league, which is surprising. And the only reason they fell that ninth seed, they did steal the eighth seed on the playing tournament, but the only reason they were in the ninth um, on that nine was just because Nurkic was derailed with injury. Um, yeah. In conjunction with a few other players. You had, you had Rodney Hood, who I assume is going to take his player option because he did his Achilles, so ugly injury. He'll take that player option at six million. He was meant to be the, the starting kind of small forward. He, he's gone. Um, yeah. And then you got like they put a bit of investment into um, was it Alfonso Simmons, Anthony Simmons? Yeah, Anthony um, Simmons. Yeah. Who, I mean, I, I think at the start of the season they were saying he's not tradable. Like, no, we're not going to yeah. trade him. He, 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 he was, really was he, pretty bad. Yeah, <laughs> so, there was there was some heart coming into uh, 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 what's his name, uh, uh, Fernie um, Simmons. Anthony Simmons. Anthony Simmons. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, kind of fizzled out halfway through the season. Um, but what about guy, Gary Trent Jr., twenty-one years old? Until we mentioned Gary. <laughs> Oh, yeah, he was lining up in the bubble. bubble. Yeah, uh, I I mean, I guess. I don't know if he's the guy you want to sort of build (laughs) around. or like He's he's there. He's a rotation player. Um, But, yeah, I I, I do actually, I want to mention one more guy before we we move on. Um, Zach Collins. I'm a believer in Zach Collins. I think he has some potential, you know, like that stretch um, big man, can play some defense, can block shot. He's long. Obviously had some disappointing injuries to his shoulders um, last year. Didn't play. I think he only played like four or five games um, in total last year. But He played played 11 games this season in total. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I think he came back for the bubble, but then re-injured himself. So, a bit unlucky uh, for him. So, we'll see where he's at and if he's healthy come next year. But... He's still only 22. So between him, Simmons, Nurkic, there's there's your young guys, uh, and Gary Trent. But yeah, the other guys, like I don't know, there's just a lot of old bodies on this team that I don't think deserve to be on the NBA court. Like Trevor Ariza, 35, Melo, 36, Melo, just retire already, please. And you got <laughs> Although like he... Mario Hazonia, who is terrible yeah. as well. Like their wings suck. Their wings someone. do suck, yeah, and that's that's definitely where they need to add someone. Yeah, I don't know if they make they have the salary cap to do this, but what if they add someone like a Danilo Gallinari? There's a there's a player that might suit this team pretty good. Uh, well, I feel he's just defensively limited again, so I feel like yeah, offensively this team doesn't really have a problem. They they need yeah. a wing who can a two way sort of wing. Kind of yeah. yeah, I keep thinking of Jay Crowder as the perfect guy. He's he seems to be coming up a yeah, fair Jay? bit. Yeah, yeah he'd, be, he'd be doable. Um, again, age though yeah. is Marcus Morris, um, Evan Turner. Who else could they look into? Solomon Hill, Tony Snell. It's really a shit Bring class. Isn't it? <laughs> There's really no <laughs> options, is there? Yeah. Oh yeah, wouldn't so, that be some, funny? There's some options. I, I'm there, actually, like, they're, they're not. They're nothing great. Yeah. All right. We'll, we'll move on to our final team, uh, the Utah Jazz. So obviously they went to seven games with the Denver Nuggets, who we thought were a title contending team. What do you think about this Utah Jazz team? Where where are they at? Um, that's a good question. I feel like they kind. Of, I feel like they probably should. I don't know. That series with Denver. I thought they yeah. had it. 
and then they were up three one, and I was like, oh, this this team's way too good. They're gonna roll roll through them. Uh, but then they ended up losing three games in a row. I mean, I I love me some Donovan Mitchell. He's still so he's still on his rookie deal. How crazy! crazy. That? And next year he's still on his rookie deal. It's only five yeah. million for him next year. Yeah. So yeah. he is so, so cheap. He's gonna get paid soon. Um, he'll sign his super, like rookie extension in this offseason, you would think. Um, but yeah, but it's a weird sort of team that I look at these guys. Like I feel like it's another team that is probably in no man's land, but maybe a bit more on like the title contending side of things. But do I see them winning one? No, not really. But like they're I'm, one piece away, I reckon. And then it needs to be a pretty considerable piece. You need Donovan Mitchell uh, yeah. to step up. You need Rudy it's a to big keep piece. performing like he is. Um, yeah. I don't know who they can get there. I mean, look, yeah. maybe the, on one perspective, being a Utah fan, you'd be like, oh, look, in the bubble, we didn't have um, Boyan Bogdanovich. They very yeah. well may have taken out the Nuggets if they had yeah. Boyan Bogdanovich. And we could maybe they may, could have made the conference finals. Who knows? Um, yeah. So it could be a totally different story. Yeah, definitely. I think, um, yeah, look, I, I like... I like their, you know, I like their head coach. I like the way that this team is constructed in terms of like the fit. Um, Donovan Mitchell obviously is a star. He's still only 24 years old. Um, do, do you think he can, like we talked about Jamal Murray, do you think that he can keep up the level of play that he demonstrated in the bubble? Like, do you think that that's the Donovan Mitchell we're getting? Like yeah, he was I putting up are. some. I love Donovan he was, Mitchell. Like even during the regular season, I think he was putting up like 25 Five and five. I'll start check that now. But he was putting up numbers yeah. in the regular season too. If if you look at during the regular season, and this is uh, another reason why I had in our top fifteen, I had Rudy Gobert as the most important or the best player on this team. And I, after watching the playoffs, I may switch that around. And <laughs> thank I'll, you. I'll just thank you. coming to my side of the fence. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll I'll need to see it solidified over the course of a season. Like it was it was a seven game sample size that he popped off. So. You know, it's it's it is tough to say that that's who he is. Um, whereas Jamal Murray had a bit more of a sample size against some good um, defensive teams. Um, you know, Denver's not the most uh, defensively minded team. Um, in saying that, though, he had multiple fifty point games in a playoff series, so um, you got to give the man <laughs> respect. But like, uh, yeah, I, in in the advanced metrics of the games, Rudy Gobert's numbers, um, like his box or pass minus, his PIPM were like towards the top of the league and Donovan Mitchell was was substantially lower compared to Rudy so um, I'm hoping that Donovan can turn his like gaudy stats into like winning basketball a bit more um, but yeah I think but outside of him they've got I don't want to say an old team but it just doesn't seem like everyone else is on the same timeline as Donovan Mitchell if you know what I mean like like Mike Conley 33 Bo. Uh, Bojan is turning 32 next year. Even Rudy Gobert is like, he's going to be 29 next year. He's approaching 30. He's going to be turning 30 when his contract extension or free agency comes. So like, it's, it's like a weird timeline, if you know what I mean. They're not, they're not on the same wavelength. Like, like say like the Nuggets are. The Nuggets are all young. All their best players are younger. Whereas these guys are a bit all over the shot. I feel, if you're looking at a window, I'd still say the next two years they're definitely going to compete for yeah maybe the ceiling is a western conference finals um you get Boyan yeah. back um maybe they get another piece that that works out for him so i wouldn't i feel like do i think they're going to win a title i mean no but i feel like they're still competing for the next couple of years but yeah you're right look conley he's going to start to decline Boyan is going to start to decline after a couple of years joe ingles has already showed 
um, kind of yeah. some decline he's, he's already down this year. Books for two more years. So yeah. uh, I feel like you probably have to. No, you're gonna have to bring him off the bench now, um, from from my opinion. And yeah. then even some of the other players they have, um, it's just yeah, nothing. I'm, that bench was terrible. So yeah, that it's, bench, a it's one bench. of the worst benches in the league. And I mean, shout out Jordan Clarkson was pretty good. He is expiring. Um, we yeah. get to him next, but that supporting cast is the biggest problem. And one of the reasons, actually, I said it on a few pods ago that I see Jordan Clarkson winning the Sixth Man of the Year award potentially is because if he, if he re-signs with this Utah Jazz team, he's just like, give him the ball, he's going to put up like, you know, 18 to 20 points a night because he's the only person who can do anything on that bench. And he actually has surprisingly done a pretty good job at that. So, And as we all know, Sixth Man of the Year is pretty much just who can score the most points. <laughs> yeah. He can put up buckets. So, yeah, don't, don't get me on Sixth Man of the Year. Would you re Jordan Clarkson? Uh, it would depend on the salary. Like, I don't know. But they have to have something off that. Like, you can't not. Like, they have nothing on their bench already. I know they've so got you, nothing. You I just. But is but is Jordan Clarkson the answer? Like, is are we really like you know? I don't know. Bucket. I just he's but he's just he's so one note. Uh, I don't know. I'd, I'd feel more comfortable if I was to get like more wing shooting. You know, maybe. But there's not much of that in, in the league, and there's, there's the free yeah. agency as you saw is pretty scarce. So yeah. You got to go for him, I think. Yeah, I don't know. It, it is so slim pickings. Maybe you give him a one or two year deal. I don't know. It, it would depend on the salary. Like if he if he's getting, you know, like I wouldn't pay his salary that's got there now. Like I'd, I'd try get him close to like ten million a year or, or less. I don't know. I really don't know what to do with this team. I, I think like shooting is what they need, and obviously Jordan Clarkson can do that somewhat. But I think that they definitely just need shooting. Um, the more shooting they can get, the better that they'll be. And I do think that they really did miss uh, Bojan Bogdanovic in the in the playoffs because no one else in this team can shoot, really. Like, it, I guess Jingles can, can do a little bit, but he's not the most reliable guy and he's just getting older. But outside of Donovan Mitchell, Mike Conley was awful last year. He had injuries. Hopefully he can regain some form and get a bit more rhythm with his team. But yeah, I think, I think shooting is the biggest need for this team to address. Um, I just don't know if Jordan Clarkson is that guy. Well, look, they, they have nothing on the bench, so they have to bring yeah. him back. Um, I'll mention maybe Royce O'Neal. I actually don't mind him. I think he's a serviceable yeah. role, role player. Uh, that's all he really is, but he's a good role player. He can play a bit of defense, can shoot the open three, and they've actually locked him down. <laughs> he's locked down the, the 23, 24 season, so yeah. he got paid. Um, he's, it's not about 8 to $9 million each year. So I think that's a fair contract. What about, I'll throw some names out here. What about someone like a uh, Kent Bazemore? I'd, 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 I'd rather have Kent Bazemore than, than um, Jordan Clarkson, I'd say. Well, I reckon they should just get him anyway. They, they need to upgrade that bench. So they have to, yeah. they need, they're literally missing three players because their yeah. bench is so trash. So bring him in, sure. I reckon, I reckon that'd be a reasonable fit too. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's like the kind of player that I'm thinking would, would be good for them. Like, I know we've thrown Solomon Hill's name out there. Like, he could be a, a decent, like, just serviceable rotation kind of player for them. Um, I don't know what uh, Brooklyn's doing with uh, Joe Harris. They probably will look to re-sign him, but say that they go somewhere else, he would be a perfect guy to come and slot into this team. Um, I, I know he's a bit old, but even like a Marco Bellinelli sort of type player is another guy that I'm, I'm looking at for them. But... Just like those classic, you know, spacing, floor spacing wing players that, that can knock down a bucket and give Donovan Mitchell that space that he needs to get in there and create because 
if if they don't have that shooting, it's can it's they pack him in, and it's really hard for him to score then um, moving forward. Um, so yeah, do you think their ceilings uh, Western Conference Finals? Yeah, I think um, with, with a healthy squad, and they need to upgrade their bench. I think that is kind of important as well. Um, get a couple of good pieces off the bench. Get a healthy um, Boyan Bogdanovic and an actual reasonable Mike Conley. Because I don't know where he went this past year. If he comes back strong this season, maybe gets a bit more comfortable with the players and a bit more comfortable with Rudy and Donovan. Ceiling is um, Western Conference Finals for me. Yeah, I, I'd probably agree with you. I, I think they probably don't get there. I think they're probably like a first, second round team really for the next five years then they start to drop off. And who knows, maybe Donovan Mitchell goes elsewhere. Um, we'll, well have to he's see. Surely he's going to get a max. So he'll be around for like another five years. In my I, suppose, I suppose he will be there after he signs his extension. So. But yeah, the question is, does Rudy re-sign next um, season, the 2021? If, yeah. if he decides to leave, um, then solid their responsibility is build around Donovan so I have a feeling that next year's free agency is going to be crazy and we could see some huge moves so I wouldn't even guarantee that Rudy comes back to this team who knows alright we're going to call it there um, we're going to keep getting down through these leagues um, next pod we're going to go through the Pacific Division lots of juicy teams in there Golden State Lakers Clippers Phoenix Sacramento so lots of teams on both ends of the spectrum there to talk about um, and we've also got some other off-season stuff coming towards you guys we're going to be doing some draft do-overs some fantasy content hopefully coming soon when we start to think about next year's fantasy seasons um, so keep listening and we will catch you guys next time see ya Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.